Good afternoon, Anchorage, Alaska, the lower 48, and the rest of the world. This is Bruce Lindquist with his podcast, Wonderful Counselor. The title of this mini-series is The Preacher's Kid That Fought Like the Devil. And if you haven't listened to episode 1, The Prayer, through episode 12, Covered in Blood, I encourage you to do so. Now it's time for episode 13, which is titled, Out of the Darkness. It is the year of our Lord, the summer of 1959 in Alabama. During this time, Alaska and Hawaii completed the 50 states of the Union. For the first time, the Earth was seen from space by a weather balloon. Boeing 707s filled the skies, and gas, if you can believe it, was 25 cents per gallon. This was before Joe Biden. Of course, if you're a dog, None of those things remotely matter to you. No, you have more important things to think about. Shadow is a beautiful, sleek black lab who is eight in dog years. That would be equivalent to 40 people years. And he has been busy protecting the boys from the drunken, raging dad who is full of dragon's fire. So much so, he didn't have much of a love life. But now that the boys were safe with their new family, he did find a beautiful golden brown lab about the same age named Sadie, and she came with the house that they're living in. Shadow was lying next to his three most favorite boys in the world, Big Bo at age 10, Rig, who was seven, still trying to find his wife being the middle child, and then there was Jos at age five, who unlike youngest children and families, he was the wisest and also felt the deepest. All were sleeping as they were quite tired from their latest adventure with their grandpa. Shadow was dreaming about his Sadie, nuzzling noses, playing in the yard, sniffing all kinds of scents, discovering life with her in a way he only thought possible in his imagination. Adon and Yvette, the boy's adopted parents, woke to a strangely quiet house, which was quite unusual for the mornings, given the composition of the household. They both put on their robes, checked the rooms, and found the kids' beds were empty and no shadow. They headed down their stairs and went into the kitchen, with no signs of rummaged food, cereal, no cereal boxes or toast on the counter. The kids hadn't started breakfast, and neither did the dog, for their food dishes showed no sign of being touched. Their mood shifted from a sleepy curiosity to now slightly worried, as They went through each room, with only empty echoes returning to them when they called. They searched all the rooms but one, and then Yvette found, as she walked in, a sight that she would not ever forget. She covered her mouth to hold back her tears, and Don put his arm around her to comfort his wife. Earlier that morning, the kids and the dog were sleeping in a peaceful night, until it wasn't. Shadow awoke and knew immediately there was something wrong, and it was Sadie. He padded down the hallway, quiet as a ghost, as not to disturb the household. He went downstairs where his beloved Sadie slept. As he peered into the room, he saw Sadie, and his eyes saddened. Now Sadie, about 15 minutes before Shadow arrived, was also lost in sleep, dreaming about her shadow. But when she awoke, she knew and went to Grandpa's bedside and nuzzled him, 
licked his face, and then laid her head on his stomach, and her tears soaked into his skin. Shadow approached Sadie with such tenderness, not wanting to interrupt her moment with the man she loved, and gently put his paw on hers, and felt her tears on his paw. Both dogs seemed frozen in time. Sadie's heart flooded back with memories when she first met the man, when he rescued and cared for her, when she was in a shelter days before being put to sleep. No one wanted this crippled dog, but when their eyes met, she knew, for he had lost his wife and prayed for a friend, and the good Lord heard his prayer, and there she was. Sadie remembered the kind way he brought her back to health, and eventually with splints in place, and after the surgeries, she was able to walk, and eventually run, although with a slight limp. Now her best friend was gone. She had heard him preach so many sermons, and listened to him pray. She knew there must be a people's heaven, just like there was a dog's heaven. What a wonderful life and gift she was given. Shadow was just getting to know the man, but from what he had seen, he was the kindest, gentlest human that walked the earth, at least in his lifetime. More than that, he didn't just accept them. He welcomed Shadow's family, the three boys and their parents, and gave them a home after the fire. Shadow thought of the words the man said last night, freedom, and now he was truly free. If a Don and a vet were flies on the wall, they would have watched earlier how the boys came into this moment. The three boys woke to find Shadow was not in the room and went on a search for their dog. It felt more like an, an adventure to Big Bo. But Joe's felt sadness and joy at the same time. The kids bound down the stairs and headed for Grandpa's room, saw the dogs, but it didn't register at the time. They were just about to jump on their grandpa with playful exuberance when Joe stopped them dead in their tracks as he said, Grandpa is in heaven. Now at the present moment, they were all together. How long they stood like that, time just went still. Eventually, a vet said, Say hi to Mom for me. And with those words, all came together and hugged each other, except the dogs, who were still laying on their best friend's belly. The morning soon made way to afternoon and then evening, and it was all a blur. They knew in a way Grandpa had died, but the disbelief was so much still, and there were so many times they wondered why Grandpa hadn't joined them. Or maybe he was just tired from the adventure from last night, or half expected him to walk in and help them prepare a meal. The family sat at the dinner table, but no one was hungry. They just stared at Grandpa's chair like he was still sitting in it. Hardly a word was said that night, and the dogs refused to leave the scent of their grandpa's room, of grandpa's room, even after the body was taken out of the house and prepared for burial. The rest of the family all slept in the parents' room, the kids not wanting to let them out of their sight, and sleep didn't come easily for the boys, as they feared if they closed their eyes, they might wake up and their parents were not moving. Big Bo has seen his share of death and eventually fell asleep, and had nightmares of that night where he killed his dad protecting his brothers, his dead mom, who his dad stabbed, draped in blood on the floor. Now death had come again, 
not at his hand or his father's, but in a way he hadn't experienced it. His night was full of images of hooded black robed figures with sharp sheaths laughing at him, saying they were going to kill him and take him to a place where night can't even come and that there is no light. Big Bo woke up with his fists in the air. There was so much anger in his heart, and it was directed at God. Big Bo earlier had given his hate and rage to God and surrendered his life to Christ. He knew anger didn't always lead to dragon's fire, but if he let it, it would consume him and those around him. Still, was so angry, he could. how could God take his grandpa from him? Then he heard those words, Remember the key. Big Bo got up and went to the old dresser, one of the few pieces of furniture that came from the old house. He followed the traces of the moonlight to the top part of the dresser. Big Bo had forgotten all about it. It was like it was blocked out of his mind until this moment. Big Bo reached up and found the key, and immediately the memory of his mom crying and his dad rushing in rage, beating him until he could barely move. And he would have killed him, too, if Shadow didn't have intervened. He was standing in the mirror, looking at his bloody face, remembering the words of his dad. You hurt your mom. Don't even go into that dresser again or in our room, or I swear to God you will wish you had never been born. We both thought to himself back then, I wish I wasn't born. He remembered hugging Shadow and burying his wounded face in his fur. Big Bo looked at the key in his hand, and then at the bottom drawer. He knew the answer was there, and his, key, and his hand shook as he dropped the key to the floor. Big Bo picked up the key. It shined in the moonlight, almost like a, with a prism effect. A question he forgot, that haunted him all his little life, was about to be answered. But why now? He put the key in the lock of the drawer, and turned it until it clicked and then he pulled it open, and at first glance all he could see were boys' child clothes. But underneath them was an old newspaper, and as he read it he couldn't believe his eyes. It all now made sense, why they told him there was a monster in the water, and not ever to go into the lake. His mom's sadness, the anger of his dad, and their drinking, it was all here. It was the family secret. He read out loud from the paper, a local boy drowned in a lake. He paused. He had a brother no one told him about. He wasn't the first child. They were grieving for a lost son. Big Bo, for the first time since his grandpa died, felt a well of tears burst within him, and guttural tears poured out. Big Bo knew how Dragon's Fire got set ablaze in his family. It comes from hurt, and Big Bo thought about God differently. He went to his Bible and read when Christ gave his life. He didn't just feel dragon's fire for all humanity, but the hurt of all humanity when he was rejected by those who he came to save, then tortured and killed. Dragon's fire seemed to have won, but Jesus rose from the dead and overcame dragon's fire. And then he heard a voice in his heart, and you will with my spirit inside you too. On that day, Big Bo took up his grandpa's mantle to battle Dragon's Fire, and his life would not be the same again. Big Bo closed the drawer, locked it, put the key back on top of the dresser, and stared into the moonlight. Okay, 
I understand now, and I will follow you. Soon others heard the news of the old preacher's passing, and then word got out in the community and other communities throughout the state and country. Jack, the chief of police, told the town council if he couldn't lower the flag at half-staff for the old preacher, he would retire. The council said not for a black man, and the chief defied them, and he lowered the flag and sat there with a weapon at the ready. For the first time in history of that small community, maybe even in the state of Alabama, the flag was lowered to half-mast for this black man who was a preacher. The celebration service to honor the old preacher was standing room only on the green carpeted yard at the homestead. Many hymns sung testimonies of God's faithfulness to the community through this man. Then an older black man approached the congregation. He looked like he had a rough life, as the years had worn away his youth, giving him a rugged facial features like eroded mountains. He shared that this old preacher saved his life when he was on death row with him many years ago. No, he wasn't there as a preacher. He was there facing dead men walking. He saw the miracle that changed his life, and he came to faith because of it. He also eventually was released from prison and came to pay his respect to the man who led him to Christ. Some knew about the old preacher's past, but most didn't. A woman now in her 70s stood up and said, He saved me when I was just a little girl from being gang raped. He went to prison for rescuing me and killing those two older white men. I owe him my life, she said. A vet hugged the woman. So many stories were told about the old preacher and how God used him that morning. The celebration of life turned into an evening celebration of life service. A vet honored God and her dad by singing his old favorite hymn on Calvary, and the rest of the people joined her. Big Bo now understands how Grandpa learned to fight like the devil. He did as well, but he also knew where that leads. His grandpa took the lives of two people to protect this little girl, who is now the 70-year-old woman. He protected his brothers, but he couldn't protect his mom from his dad's rage, but used dragon's fire, and then it used him, just like it used his grandpa. He would no longer be the boy who learned to fight like the devil. He would fight all right, but not with dragon's fire, but through the Holy Spirit's fire. Big Vo then closed his eyes and thought about his grandpa, and suddenly a blackness filled his mind. He was in a cave, and hiding like the prophet of old, he saw lightning flashing and thunder, but the Lord wasn't in the thunder and lightning. Then the fire, but the Lord wasn't in the fire. Then the gale force wind, but the Lord wasn't in the wind. And then he heard a still small voice, and he recognized it as the Lord's. The voice asked him, why is he hiding in the cave? It's because I've been kicked out of the church, said uh, Big Bo. I'm tired. I'm ready to go home. The Lord said, they have reject not rejected you. They have rejected me. Wake up and arise. Come out of your cave. Calvin Bobley Oakley II was no longer big boy the ten-year-old. He was now that old preacher in his eighties who just came out of a second coma. The first was as a boy, and the second due to a broken heart, which led to a heart attack. Calvin looked across the room where there was his two brothers, Brig and Joss. Memories flooded his mind of his childhood with them, 
Grandpa. So many memories of Grandpa. His parents. The ones that were so hurting and violent. And then his newer parents. The ones that loved him and really did a good job pointing him to God. And of course his dog Shadow, his hero, the one that would always be in his mind and heart, the one that saved his life how many times? Oh, he loved that dog. About time you woke up, said Rig, and Joe said, smiling, Welcome back, brother. Calvin heard the Lord say, Just as I sent Elijah to the prophets of Baal, so I'm sending you to the church for the final battle in your earthly life. And know this, the battle is the Lord's. Do not fear them. Speak the words I give you, for it is time for the church to walk out of the darkness. Join me in the last episode of this miniseries, The Preacher's Kid That Learned to Fight Like the Devil. The title is The Final Battle.